1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA member FDIC.
2: Thank you for listening to knocking doors down brought to you by KDD media company.
3: Yeah, it was a lot of, uh, a lot of running away from home. The first time I ran away from home was 11 years old and I just left the school and that came from, I had a, I had an extremely strict father. Uh, military dad mm. where he he ran the house like it like you were in boot camp you know so yeah. even if you did your chores let's say for example hey did you do the craig did you finish the dishes yeah i'd i'd get my ass whooped if i said yeah because i didn't respond with yes sir oh, so oh. it got it, it just started getting nuts i mean on top of the physical abuse and mental abuse <laughs>
2: Inside the 5150 Studios, this is Knocking Doors Down, your host Jason, with a history of addiction, alcoholism, uh, also some childhood trauma, other issues, but hey, taking those life adversities, turning those around, making them positive, and that's what Knocking Doors Down is all about, along with Mikey Naraki. Hi, guys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, Mikey's also had some substance abuse issues and, uh, you know, making the best out of it. So it allows us to uh, take our experiences and have open conversations with a variety of people. And Craig Mabbitt, lead singer of Escape the Fate, is no different. Craig Mabbitt, yes, sir. Awesome guy. It was such a pleasure to talk to him. And uh, he really opens up where he thinks a lot of the uh, addiction stuff started within childhood, a tough upbringing from a military father. So we get into that and also some cool ways he's
4: connecting with fans, right, Mikey? That's true. But, you know, like going back to what you were saying, you know, had the rough upbringing with a very strict father, getting into rock and roll, it's kind of that's kind of a recipe for, you know, an inevitable substance yeah abuse you know I'm not saying that's how it is for everybody but when he was explaining it to us I'm like you'll see you'll hear
2: yeah, and uh, so we really appreciate it. And, of course, if you want more on Craig in the podcast description, we got all the links up there, including his Twitch account, which we'll get into what he's doing with that and how mm-hmm. he's connecting with fans. And, of course, we got to thank 5150LTM. You can go to 5150LTM.com or click that link in the podcast description. They're our major sponsor. And, of course, if you see all the social media postings on uh, the and Doors Down accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you'll see that Mikey and I are always repping the gear. We're In that 5150 swag. All right, let's get into Craig Mabbitt of Escape the Fate. Craig Mabbitt, lead singer of Escape the Fate, with us, Mikey. How badass is this, buddy? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Dude, been a fan of your music for a, for a long time, so it's uh, it's cool to finally be able to talk to you. Never got to meet you in person, but uh, as I'd said prior to us recording, I'd seen you guys play uh, several times. So, um, of course, it's really cool. You're, you're coming out now uh, um, about getting sober, which is so awesome, yeah. and and it's it's really interesting because it aligned with even uh, escape the fate having walk on on the uh, snow baby soundtrack and of course that hashtag let's save lives and all of it so so pretty cool what what really just prompted it that it was like i'm i'm done with this shit I, it's, it's time to well get clean. you know i think what i've
3: learned in my my short time being sober but i i don't care how short it is i'm just grateful to be sober now yeah, hell yeah um uh, but what I've learned is a lot of us, man, we just, we, we got to that point where we didn't want to do it anymore. Hundreds of times, yeah. <laughs> hundreds of times, dude. Like there, there's been so many times over the course of 15 years. I mean, I had my first drink when I was 14 years old. It took a lot of the bad feelings away right. and I was like, I love this. And then, you know, a couple years after that, I'm only 16. I start hitting the road in a band, yeah. you know, accomplishing my dreams and my goals. And everybody wanted to be Motley Crue. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so It was like, yeah. it was easy to fall into that. Um, but man, I'm so, I'm so happy. I finally made the decision. There's been so many moments where I was like praying to the porcelain God and I don't want to do this anymore. I can't feel this way anymore. Waking up with the worst anxiety I've ever imagined, like thinking, the world's out to get me like Dude. somebody's gonna kill me right now somebody's gonna arrest me like the FBI is out to get me I don't know what's happening you have no idea where you were or what happened the night before you're just woken up in the tour bus you're like I I'm alive I guess I'm grateful for that that's good anxiety, but I was tired never of it I've heard man. that
4: before I like that, yeah, well, I anxiety, don't like that but I like that there's a word for it because I know all too well about anxiety yeah
3: yeah, dude. I mean, I would, if I couldn't sleep at night, I was pacing around my house, like looking out the window. And if I could get to sleep, it wasn't even, it wasn't even sleep. It was my body just shut down. Right. Hardy and yeah. too hard, you know? So it was, uh, it was bad. And then I finally, this COVID stuff happened. I finally found myself at home sure, with a lot of time off that I've never had. I mean, I think the longest time we had off was two months in the past 50 years from the road. Oh, right. So I found myself here waking up at like eight, nine in the morning. What am I going to do with my day today? And I would walk to the grocery store, pick up a bottle, come back home, put on some Netflix, play some video games before I knew it. The bottle's gone. I'm walking to the grocery store again. Um, and at this point in my life, I had I had started losing nights. I had started losing days. Um, and I, I remember like having an argument with my fiance, obviously, because I was hammered um on like a sunday afternoon and then i remember arguing with her again and i thought it was the same argument she goes do you even know what day it is i'm like it's sunday she goes it's it's thursday
2: holy shit damn
3: well i I had lost almost an entire week so at that moment i was like dude this is this is nuts i've been here plenty of times before but now it's like i've lost multiple days Like I thought a couple hours had passed, like I passed out on the bed and woke up the same day. Four days had passed, so I'm like, this is not okay. I tried stopping cold turkey and that wasn't working. I didn't sleep for four nights after that. The anxiety was real and i mean i i was literally mentally going nuts i i watched my girl loves dateline <laughs> I, I see those specials where people were like i heard i was hearing voices i heard this i heard that legit that's what i was hearing like i thought i heard voices coming out of my pc out of my monitors out of the the cable box in the living room like people were talking to me pretty much just telling me how big of a piece of shit i was i'm the worst human being to ever exist on the face of planet earth all this And I decided to just walk away. Like I left the house. I could hear my fiance's voice in there. She was out of town. She's like, I'm done with you. So I just left the house. Sat in a hotel that whole day. My mind started going even crazier. The voices wouldn't stop. And I just admitted myself into a facility. Like I called my manager. I was like, dude, I can't I can't deal with this. I ended up pacing around this facility half the night. And they're like, Dude, we need you to like you're the only one up walking around and this these are like drug addicts like all passed out lazy boys in one big room with some security guards they're like we can give you something to help you sleep so they put a shot of something in my right shot of something in my left and i passed out i woke up the next day april 8th day before my 33rd birthday that's my sober date and i was like i'm never getting this low ever again like i'm literally gonna go insane i'm gonna end up in prison i'm gonna end up dead or i'm just gonna go I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. Like this is it. This is it. I can't do it anymore.
2: Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I know for me that I had uh, definite h- hallucinations, not so much hearing stuff, but seeing stuff. But the thing that I could relate to what you were saying was that negative voice of, uh, I'm i I'm a total piece of shit. And also, mm-hmm. you know, at age 14. So what was, I, I gotta ask, cause what, what was childhood growing up Craig that at 14 you could, start using alcohol at all i mean it had to have been tumultuous
3: it was a yeah it was a lot of uh a lot of running away from home the first time i ran away from home was 11 years old and i just left the school and that came from i had a i had an extremely strict father a uh, military dad mm. where he he ran the house like it like you were in boot camp you know yeah. so even if you did your chores let's say for example hey did you do the craig did you finish the dishes yeah I'd I'd get my ass whooped if I said yeah because I didn't respond with yes, sir. Oh wow. So it got it, it just started getting nuts. I mean, on top of the physical abuse and mental abuse there, I just ran away from home one time at the age of fourteen and uh stayed at a buddy's house and his house was if I look back on it, kinda like a like a halfway spot. Sure. Um and people were just there drinking forties and Mickeys like all day, every day. Oh, fuck. So I remember having my first Mickey's I got through like a fourth of the bottle and passed out and I remember finishing my first 40 like that two weeks that I was there and everyone was all stoked for me (laughs) probably like dudes that are my age right now 33. Like giving a 14 year old kid a high five right. you did it man, and it was like wow. it took the feelings away there was that camaraderie I felt I felt closeness with people and I guess that's how it sucked me in and then I go out there and I'm around fans and band members that are drinking with me and we're having fun and eventually you look around and you're the only one at the bar right. at ten o'clock in the morning you know what I mean yeah and nobody wants to hang out with you anymore because you're like a they gotta babysit you. Yeah. They don't know what's going to happen. You don't even know what's happening, you know? So it's 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 dark, man. I used to think I was envious of people that could go out, have some drinks, go home, get some sleep, and, and they're 100% the next day. I'm like, man, I wish that could be me. But um, what I've experienced just being an AA going through all that is worth it so that I can be part of a brotherhood like AA now because I have I have all these people that I can rely on I can text I can call at any given moment and I wouldn't I wouldn't trade what I have now and how I feel today for anything so I had to go through that to get here you know
2: yeah that's I mean that's totally what what we're about we're kind of like we were telling you about the book, uh, Carlos Figueroa's book, "Knocking Doors Down." Prior that, that that's kind of the idea behind it is you you know you're pushing through to a new side and um, wow I just and I'm sure people can relate that and I know I can that that idea of connectivity with people but that it's that it's so false and then eventually you just the party's over like we we had talked with Edward Furlong and uh, he was talking about that you know it started out that it was you know chicks and blow and then eventually that you didn't care so much about the chicks and it was just the blow and then it wasn't a party anymore you were just by yourself and and here you are just in a shithole yeah (laughs) yeah.
3: it's bad and all you could think about is all those times where you maybe have like an image that's all you have of a memory is like an image like oh man i was in a I remember being in like a bathroom stall doing some blow with some people. Who were those people? Where did those people go? That
4: shit up. Where you're trying to patch up what happened to? Yeah, I remember that. And then what happened there? So like in when you're one time. One
3: time I mentioned that to somebody, like somebody in the band. Yeah. Uh, Who was I talking to last night? They're like, dude, you were, you were behind the tour bus talking to the generator. So there's times where I'm like, (laughs) I think I'm hanging out with people like. Obviously, I have hung out with people, but there's times I'm talking to a fucking generator <laughs> on the tour bus thinking I'm having like this shit, in-depth yeah. conversation with whatever human being. Nah, oh, I'm allergic. Shit. And that's what we're always going to be alcoholics. Like I will always be an alcoholic. Yeah. I just took the drinking aspect out of it. Yeah. you know,
4: yeah. Just got to take it day by day. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you were 16, you said you were starting to get on the road, traveling, touring and all that good stuff. Yep. And so when it's like trying to be like Motley Crue, it's almost like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, your mindset is I'm doing this right. I'm a rock star. Motley Crue did it. This is what I'm doing now. Because those, are you know, people you idolize, like mine personally was Guns N' Roses. But like yeah. you see that and it's like, well, they're doing it. I'm doing it. Fuck yeah. I'm doing it right now. You know what I mean? And then yep. before you know it, you're just in this fucking black hole. And, you know, it's good that you got out sooner than later, you know, because like you said, you were either going to end up in jail or dead because 33 yeah, years sure, old, dude. and that's awesome that you caught it now. And that's
3: just, that's just no way to, to live. And I think I, I owe that to just personal experience things that are happening in the world sure. where behavior like that is not okay. My own children getting older, Yeah, you know, like my other son just turned 14, October 27th. Mm-hmm, right. And I think back to me being 14 and high-fiving those dudes in their 30s drinking oh, yeah. alcohol, and yeah. I'm like, that wasn't okay. Yeah, My yeah. behavior back then wasn't okay. They weren't okay. I wasn't okay. And I just continued down that path. That's not. That's not anything anybody should be doing. Right. Yeah. You know? So. Well, it's just you come to the realization but I, yeah I'm grateful that I came to that realization because yeah. there's plenty of people out there that just never
2: do. No yeah. No. They sure. never see what's wrong, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. No, I've I've definitely seen more than I want to count of people that have gone to their grave and never understanding that it's it's not okay. it's it's sad um so let's get into some of the fun stuff though that happened when you got out there on the road uh (laughs) you know we want to tell the good stuff too you know which this is all good stuff because it shows people that you can get on the other side with a positive attitude which it's cool to see you smiling craig because you you know you're looking good and healthy but uh thank you some fun that was was out there on the road so uh, when you transitioned from some of the other early bands and then eventually escape the fate came together um Was that kind of an organic thing that you and the other guys kind of met through playing shows in different bands or had you known them for a while? It actually was. um, It's good that you brought it up in the way you did because
3: we had all toured together. The lineup that the band is right now had all toured together in different bands like 12 years ago. So we did this tour called the Black on Black Tour. It was Escape the Fate, Bless the Fall, uh, Love Hate Hero, um, and dance, Gavin, dance, and a band called Before Their Eyes. So there was a guitar player from Before Their Eyes by the name of Elliot. He's now on Bless the Fall. I was singing for Bless the Fall. I'm now on Escape the Fate. Uh, Love Hate Hero, their lead guitarist was Thrasher. He now is in Escape the Fate with me from Bless the Fall. It's like it all went. It all. Everyone jumped together. shit. <laughs> yeah, everyone jumped shit, man. So. It took a lot of years for that to happen, but as far as me personally, it was after that tour. Um, And I found myself on tour over in the UK with Silverstein. It was my first time overseas. And I was like 17, 18 years old. And I remember playing the first show and somebody going, hey man, let me buy you a beer. I'm like, oh, I'm not old enough to get a beer. Cause I had just like done drinking at friends' houses up to that point. He's like, well, you are here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cause the drinking age was younger over there. I'm like, for real. And uh, it just within a week, dude, it was like waking up in my bunk in the tour bus with a water bottle full of whiskey and just not knowing what to do in my life. I didn't know if I wanted to do music. I was away from home. I had just had my first child. I wasn't really bringing any money in and I chose the weak way to get through that which is just drowning myself in alcohol um which eventually led to the liquid courage to tell them hey i don't think i can do music anymore um and i left the tour and went home and was going to focus on just raising a child and then pretty soon realized shit i left high school (laughs) and everything to tour in a band and that was working out for me and i just gave it all up what is wrong with me and within that first week of that realization i got a phone call from uh escape the Fate's manager they needed somebody to fill in for three shows um two festivals and like some show at chain reaction or whatever and i said i can do it and i went out there played the first show and after the first show um the rest of the band went to go do an interview they're like so we saw craig from bless the fall came up and sang with you is he your new singer and I was kind of standing on the sidelines. They're like, "If he wants to be, get up here." And I just walked <laughs> in the air. And I'm like, "Yes, I'm singing for you guys now." And then the rest is history. The
4: rest is history. How
2: rock and roll is that? It kind of reminds me of when uh, when Tommy Lee left Motley Crue and Randy Castillo stepped in. It's just like. Hey, get Randy Castillo he can do it cool alright here we yeah. go you know it's just like <laughs> fuck it there was a synergy and we'll make it happen Worship yeah. band asked me to come sing for him Mikey you and, I, <laughs> you and I can't sing worth a shit let's not kid ourselves and I'm a terrible musician where did music start for you though Craig was it kind of with that strict home life that music was you know your escape Ironic. music was
3: an escape um, I started playing the violin uh, in 5th grade but um you know, like I mentioned earlier, military dad. So with that came a lot of moving around. Sure. I was always the new kid in school. Um, so one school I was able to play the violin. We moved schools. They didn't have any any string instruments. I wasn't able to play that anymore. So I remember the music teacher saying, well, the hand placement is very similar to a saxophone. You just kind of move your finger placement down here. And I'm like, all right, I'll try the sax because I was a huge fan when I was a kid of 50s rock and roll. Yeah, like, yeah. The diner rock i was all about that oh, and yeah. the solos in those songs weren't a guitar it was saxophones right right i'm okay. like yeah let's do it i'm gonna be the soloist in these 50s rock songs it's gonna be cool <laughs> and i played the sax for years got into high school as a freshman literally went to band camp <laughs> <laughs> i was in the marching band went to band camp and i would i would go to school at five in the morning Um, because obviously I just it was an escape and I wanted to spend less time at home but I'd get there at five for marching band and then I would stay late after school for the jazz band that I had to try out for and I got in so all day was music until my sophomore year moved schools again they had too many saxophone players in the band at that school Mm -hmm. and told me I couldn't I couldn't be in there I'm like dude I was second chair at my other high school like let me can I just sit with the band and play with the band I was in that band class for one week because the only spot they had was on the uh, the drum line mm-hmm. and I remember just standing there one day hitting a gong <laughs> And I'm like this is dumb I gotta get out of here so I went to the office and changed it to choir and got into choir and there was a band in that high school by the name of Sixpenny that would play like all the, uh, like they would play the cafeteria at lunch sometimes and stuff like that, and they would play a few shows at venues here and there, and that's kind of how I got in touch with the local scene of bands. And after attending my first concert, which was Lincoln Park, it was the biggest uh, first concert, biggest thing I've ever seen. I didn't really understand that there was there was different levels of success <laughs> no. for bands. Right. I'm like, yeah. dude, if you may, if you're in a band, this is where you go, dude. <laughs> that's what I thought and oh, then I got involved a little bit in the local scene and found out dude I could I could do this and found a website called azpunk.com mm-hmm. which was kind of like those papers that you would find at a guitar center with the little numbers that you could rip off yeah. you're looking for a bass player it was like an online version of that found a band that was looking for a singer which was bless the fall and just dancing. kept going over there practicing writing songs playing shows locally any show we could get and Led to us getting signed.
2: Hell yeah. So you were in Arizona at the time?
3: Yeah. So I was in Arizona. Once I was a seventh grade, we were in Arizona. Like we moved around to different cities in Arizona. But as far as the state, we stayed here from that time moving forward.
2: It sounds to me like um, the the moving around and never really being able to settle also gave you that sense of of isolation and not really being able to fit in or create any positive cohesion in any sort of way with anyone. Well, that's what's what's
3: funny about it is I remember telling myself growing up, dude, as soon as I'm older, I'm going to be in the same place. I'm going to have the same friends for years. (laughs) I'm never going to leave And that's all I do for work, man. I I travel the world on tour. I'm constantly moving. So it's just, it's really funny how that works (laughs) out.
2: Yeah, what is it? Lamar Odom, uh, when we interviewed him, Craig, he said, his his grandma said, uh, uh, tell God your plans and see how he laughs, you know? Uh, Yeah, something along those lines. Like anytime we try to have this thing, it's like the only way
4: to make him laugh is have a plan.
2: Life does. Yeah. Yeah. Life doesn't fucking go according to our plans too
3: often. No, I was just I've I've always been that simple guy. I'm like, all I need to do is own my house, own my car, get from work, get home, hang out, have a family. I'll I'll be good. Mm -hmm. I'll be in the same spot. And then the band thing worked out and I've been on the go. Until the COVID of twenty twenty,
4: how are you handling that? By the way, now like is it better? Uh, or it's, obviously better because you're sober, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like...
3: it's good, man. I, I I'm enjoying the time at mm-hmm. home. Like it's nice to sit on your own toilet, yeah. you know, not, <laughs> not in a venue for sure. Um, eat eat places that you know are around. I mean, the the downside of it is, I don't get to go out there and play my music. Right. Um, which felt great to do for an hour every night. Um, we finished a new album. I'm not out there playing these new songs, hanging out with the guys, meeting fans and hearing their, their stories and their struggles, which I had always done that up to this point. Now that for me is AA, but that was kind of my, my AA without being sober while I was on the road. Like I would just go out to the bar and like meet people and hear their story. Mm-hmm. Sure. And it would kind of help me. Just like it's helping me hearing other alcoholic stories when I when I'm in AA, you know. Sure. So um, that's not there anymore, which which is kind of a bummer. But that's why Twitch has been such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It's like this online community. I just wake up, get myself a coffee, sit down. What video game do I want to play today? Yeah, and right. I hit go live, and I'm sitting there with a live chat. Like fans are see, I'm probably hanging out with fans more than I ever have because they get to see me every day face to face. And talk to me for six hours a day. Gaming's know, so.
4: already taken off pretty well and it seems like with the COVID thing I saw something on the news where there was schools that have gaming teams now like it's getting that really? big yeah and there it's like you could be on the football team basketball team or the gaming team and this is a way to communicate with everybody else while not being in contact with anybody else but still keeping mm-hmm. them busy and whatnot so yeah gaming's definitely that's definitely. Yeah, because I'm not off. I'm not
3: too into sports, but I've seen them do that with sports. Like I was at a restaurant and was watching the TV, oh, and it was just these NBA players yeah. playing NBA live yeah against each other yeah. on the sports channel.
2: I'm like, what's yeah, happening? it's right?
4: crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm a big uh, motorsports fan, and I turned on uh, like my my library thing and it was like formula one and i click on it and it was a virtual race but all the big teams they actually wow. have their e-sports <laughs> teams so it's these guys and they're you know it's like this is fucking bananas but then you look yeah. at the amount of views and it's something like 50 million views you're like what the hell okay
4: yeah, yeah no, it's, it's crazy it's dude. absolutely insane it's taken off like you be kids are into watching people play video games on youtube now i walk dude, in the crazy
3: like, thing yeah. is this time last year I was so mind-blown and so against that my kids did that.
1: Right? They were out here for the summer.
3: I'm like, Cage, my son's name. I'm like, dude, why are you watching this guy play Minecraft? You have Minecraft. (laughs) I bought you Minecraft. I bought you every DLC content pack that you wanted. You just got that Toy Story world. Why aren't you playing Minecraft? I like watching him. I'm like, what? What is this all about? And then I found myself like, buying games on playstation going to the playstation store and at the checkout area you can see this game's currently being streamed live by and then there's a list of people streaming on their playstation that game right oh shit and i found myself going down there just to check out the gameplay mm-hmm. and then eventually i'm like i'm starting to get it a so little bit. so you get it now <laughs> you get it i was like i'm starting to get it and then as soon as i started streaming myself i'm like all right i understand
4: well, I got to tell you, Craig, I'm a little bit behind you because I, I still really don't quite get it. My nephews, all see them watching somebody play Fortnite, and I'm like, you guys have Fortnite. And they're like, yeah, I know. I'm like, but you're watching somebody else play it. They're like, they're looking at me like I'm tripping, like, whoa, what's your point? I'm like, just go play it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, see, my son
3: said it best. He, He was watching somebody, and then I saw him playing the game like 30 minutes later. And I was like, "Oh, how he did something in the game." I'm like, "How did you do that?" He's like, "Oh, I learned it from watching." Oh, okay, blah, that's blah blah blah. That's
4: a good point. Yeah.
3: And I reverted back to me being a kid and reading Game Genie magazines. Oh yeah, and I'm like, okay, I guess. Good
4: I point. Guess it's kind of the
3: new way of reading a game. Touche,
2: Cage. Touche. <laughs> These kids—they teach us a lot of shit, don't they? Yeah. So
3: what games? Darnest things.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what games are are you streaming? You said you're not a sports guy, so what are you into?
3: Um, so today I was streaming this game called Hades, which somebody recommended me. It's like a hack and slash Mm. dungeon crawler RPG type game. I hadn't played one of those in a while, but before that I was streaming Call of Duty Zombie Royale, like for two weeks straight.
1: Right. I would
3: go, I would go live like every afternoon and me and my drummer usually play some multiplayer Call of Duty against each other. Either that or Halo is what he likes playing. So I play it with him. And then the zombie version of the Warzone came out and I got, I got hooked on it. I couldn't <laughs> stop playing it.
2: Oh shit. That's awesome. So of course, um, you know, we talked a little earlier walk on from the, which is on the snow baby soundtrack and we had interviewed Bridget Smith, uh, prior and, um, um, yeah, I was talking with her, she's like, Oh, you're gonna you're gonna dig Craig but uh so what did it mean for you to get that song on a soundtrack and be a part of the hashtag Let's Save Lives, you know, because you're you're nine you're nine months into your sobriety, you said? Yeah, it um let me
3: see. I'll give you the exact date. Or the exact number of days. Oh you got the two hundred and twelve days. Yeah, the twelve steps. Yep,
4: nice. I got the same app.
3: Yeah. 212 days. That's awesome.
4: Yeah, congrats, man. That's awesome.
3: So almost seven months. Six point sixty nine <laughs> 6. <90 laughs> <every month.
1: laughs> Oh shit. So, so when you um, guys but no, it, it
3: felt good to be involved in that soundtrack, and it was perfect timing because those first couple months of becoming sober were so difficult, and it still it still gets difficult yeah, at sure, times. Like, sure. what am I gonna do? What's gonna take this feeling away? And you got that voice in your head, like, just have a drink just have a drink, it'll all yeah. calm down. But I knew if I gave into that, it would have felt good for maybe 45 minutes. And I would have woken up the next morning and felt even worse than I was feeling at that time. So it was like, just get through the next 24 hours. And that's just what I kept doing. And everybody would tell me in the in the AA Zoom calls, like, dude, it's gonna get better. Things are gonna start happening for you immediately because you made this decision i'm telling you i promise you and before i knew it it was like alan kovac from the label calling me hey That's we awesome. want you to be involved in this recovery program and and the snow baby soundtrack and this is what the movie's about and the song works perfectly for that i'm like it yet yeah, it does actually <laughs> i didn't even realize it would work that that great for this cause and and I was just eternally grateful. So since then, it's just been get through the next 24 hours, man. Yeah.
4: So do you, are you anti- being six months or six and a half, almost seven months sober? Are you anticipating things coming up that could trigger you such as like Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, stuff like that? Like, do you have your sponsor kind of on speed dial type deal?
3: Yeah. Um, I asked somebody to be my sponsor and he's kind of like an in between, mm-hmm. wants me to find somebody local sure. so I can be face to face. Um, and we were talking about possibly me flying out there out of state, but with all this COVID stuff going on and people's schedules, sure. uh, trying to do that because we really want to dive into the book yeah, and yeah. I want to get started on the steps. Yeah, You yeah, know, for sure. this, the step work is I hear really, really important and I haven't started on that yet. So I want to take it to the next level. Um, but uh, yeah, as, as far as that goes, it's just as many, as many zoom calls as i can do yeah yeah absolutely whenever i have the time to do it
2: yeah well and as for the 12 steps craig I, the, what, when you get to the uh, making amends that can be kind of the hardest but when you get through it it's going to be the most healing i guarantee that for you
3: yeah the first three months that's what uh that's what he told me because yeah. i wanted to clean my side of the street and have that instant gratification like immediately yeah i wanted yeah. to get on the i wanted to enter a room with anybody that i thought i had wronged anybody that i knew i had wronged anybody that i didn't even know i had wronged all in a room and just be like i am so sorry i am taking (laughs) care of this i i promise you i'm not a bad person i tell me what i can do to fix this and then i wanted to start the steps of fixing things he's like dude you you reminded me of me
2: when i first got (laughs) sober you gotta calm down yeah and it's and it's hard because you want to keep that that momentum and and you know, when you start to look at yourself just a little bit different, you know, those that are in recovery can understand this and maybe those that are listening that hopefully get inspired by you sharing your story, Craig, that, um, you know, it's those little things at a time and you're like, ah, I've gotten there, but it's a continual build and it just keeps going and more and more momentum.
3: Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta keep at it, man. It's not, it's not one of those things that's going to give you instant gratification. It's not something you accomplish and then you're done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I got sober, cool. I'm good now. (laughs) Then (laughs) then your ego is gonna get the best of you and you're gonna one day be right back where you were and probably works off for it, you know? So it's a constant thing, man. I I was doing an interview like last week and they asked me like, so when do you think, you know, the urge, when does the urge stop for you? Has it stopped for you yet? When do you think it's gonna stop? And I'm like, I don't think it's ever gonna stop. I
4: don't think it does, brother. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like. uh,
3: I'm a fucking, I'm an alcoholic, man. Yeah. I'm a tra- and I'm a trash can when I drink. And I, it's not just drinks, man. If you hand me something and you say, if you drink this, it's going to fuck you up. Take this, it's going to fuck you up. Like, yeah. I, was, I was a trash can, man. I took it
4: all. I was going to say, it being in a pad, too, on the road, there. it was more than just alcohol, I'm assuming, right? Like, oh, at 100%.
3: The name, only 100%. thing I had ever steered clear of was anything that involved a needle.
4: Sure, yeah. Other,
3: other than that, it was like, gung-ho you know.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
3: then I started thinking to myself, how do I even know that I'm staying away from those things? There's so many things in my head that I know I want to stay away from, that I don't want to do, that I know is wrong, but when you take yourself out of yourself and you're kind of just this walking zombie, how do you know you're staying away from that? So who knows? Yeah. Who knows what the hell I took, you know? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's
3: scary cuz I could there could be a night that I forgot and that's the last night I'm going to forget.
2: Yeah yeah uh, has there been any uh, you know of course you're, you're on such a great label and there's so many uh, you know gentlemen that I've either spoken to in the past from when I was in radio that you know they're through recovery uh, poignantly Nikki Six or some someone like that or James Michael now in there both of 6am is there any other artists that are, that are on the label or just out there that you've you've developed relationships over the years that you can kind of reach out or have reached out or have reached out to you of, in encouraging
3: yeah actually um Chris Kale from five finger death punch uh, reached out to me and he, he had always reached out to me kind of over the years we had toured together. And I think he really saw what was going on with me. Like he could tell. Um, And he, I think he just celebrated two years, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's sober now um, and would like kind of see something that I would tweet. Like one day I'd wake up in a bunk anxiety and I'd tweet something stupid out and, I'd get a random text from him. Hey man, you doing okay? And since he found out I got sober, he sends me a gratitude list. Like it, it almost every single day. And if it's not every day, it's every other day. And I just get to read through everything he's grateful for. And you know, I, I do my best to do my, my gratitude list, but that one's, that one's hard for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cause I see, I, I see these guys that have these long gratitude lists and I'm like, I'm grateful to be sober today. Like that's, yeah. that's what I'm grateful for. And, you know, my buddies are just like, then say that, yeah. put that, put that in the gratitude list, say that. Cause that's great. Yeah. That's perfect.
4: And over time you'll have Should more be to add to it as well.
3: Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just got, you just got to stay on it, man. You exactly. can't, can't well, get away from it.
2: Yeah. One of the artists that, um, that I know that I follow on social media Clint Lowry of Seven Dust he does one and it's only five things because for me I, Craig I struggled with that too I just have a little journal now and some days it is only one thing you know I remember mm-hmm. like uh, uh, God I don't remember when I wrote it but I remember writing uh, thankful to have been able to get in the shower and go cook breakfast Cause there was days where it was just like, you're so you can't do that, man shit housed And you're just laying there. It's like, you don't even want to crawl into the shower or the bath, let alone get up and eat. So, you know, I
3: ate today and I finished the plate. Like (laughs) that's not something that I've ever literally ever done in my life ever. It's like, if I was eating, I, it was a couple bites. Uh, If I could keep it down, it was just, fuck. it was bad, man. But you just gotta wake up. You gotta keep at it. It's like, you can't get in shape without working out every day.
2: That's right. You know,
3: you got to work your mind and, and your mental health and your sobriety in that same way you right. get away from it. Kind of going to get out of shape.
2: Yeah. yeah. And in, during this lockdown, it's definitely been hard for a lot of folks um, for sure. Well, let's talk a little mo- bit more about the band. so uh new album heading out, working on material. How are you guys handling that with the social distance and everything? So else? we have,
3: yeah, we have the new album coming out uh, in February called chemical warfare. Uh, It's one of my favorite tracks on the record. Um, And how we're handling that is we have a live stream scheduled this month, November 20th, that we're going to be doing. And it's going to be our first time together playing music since this started. The last show we played was March 4th.
4: Oh, Oh, shit. Right at the beginning of it, huh?
3: (laughs) Right at the beginning. was the last show in, uh, where were we, Sacramento, California, I believe. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we, we thought the Black Plague was going on on that tour. Like right. Everybody was feeling sick. We didn't know what was going on. The tour ends within that week. It was like, this thing is called COVID. We're like, oh my
4: God, did we have it? Wait, did, <laughs> like did, did we, you have it? Did you get tested? Or the antibody te- tested?
3: I mean, we got tested. The first time I got tested wasn't until months later when we went to film the music video. Right. And you had to get tested to be on set. Right. And we, we were all clear, which oh, okay. was good. We, we didn't know if maybe we had had it
4: and got over it or or what the deal was. See, that's what I want to do. I want to take an antibodies test because the month of February, I was sick as shit. I could not I couldn't move out of my bed. I remember I just I anything like a half of a banana Bless or you. a piece of Thank bread you just to get something in my stomach. Cause I hadn't eaten for two days. My body was, you know, chills. I had to call my mom. I'm like, I need you to pick me up. I need to go to the doctor. I can't drive. And she picked me up and they didn't know what it was. They were just like, we well, don't have strep throat. You could and have, this be-. was
3: around the beginning of this was of it This
4: was in February. So this was like oh, a month okay. before it started, but there yeah, are rumors yeah. that it had been here sooner than that. So I want an answer. Dude, it had, this. it
3: had to have been, man, right? Like, Seriously, a couple shows on that tour got cancelled yeah, because everybody yeah. was getting sick. Yeah.
4: It was like just, everybody. It's fucking crazy, dude. That's why I'm saying like I want to take it just to see if I've had it. But no, so that
3: can dude. they, can they do that? Like, oh, yeah. okay, you don't have it, but you have had it.
4: Yeah. They, t- it's the, it's called the antibodies test. I don't know how they do it. If they swab your cheek or something, That's, but they do. I thought it was blood draw. Maybe, maybe. But what you oh, do I got, is I gotta um, do that then. they test people. <laughs> yeah. They test people who have it and then they draw blood so they can dissect it and see how they can prevent further outbreaks. So like to get closer to getting the vaccine or something like that. So.
3: Yeah. Cause I just saw my news break app. guess the u.s had a hundred thousand cases oh yeah yeah Yeah. for the first so it's like worse than it's ever been
4: well because people gave up on it in my opinion i feel like people are just over it so i fuck it i'm gonna go here i'm gonna go do this i'm gonna go do that so it's like well yeah of course the numbers are gonna skyrocket after that just because you're over it doesn't mean it went away you know what i'm saying so (laughs) i've been over it but still (laughs) yeah
3: i think we're all over it Yeah, we're We're all all ready for it to go away
2: (laughs) oh shit so craig uh how with um Cause you got three kids now, yeah? Uh, t- two, 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 two. So son and daughter, right? Uh, two sons. Two sons. Okay, I am two sons. So my
3: my two. No, 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 no. It's all it's all good. Cause it was um, it was my daughter, and they they came to me maybe this time last year, and told me how they were feeling. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So now it's my son. Um, was Layla now Mizo is uh what he wants to, to go by so i've been i've been as supportive as possible absolutely um which means i'm obviously 100 percent supportive but i need to educate myself on how yeah to properly be supportive you absolutely, know yeah. So yeah. i don't say anything in the wrong way oh so.
2: hey uh, buddy you're, you're kind of preaching to the choir on that one trust me mike has yeah. seen it a few times in my house so i understand exactly oh, what you're talking about Mm-hmm. But uh, just, no, that is a beautiful thing that that you're there and and get really getting educated on it is so fucking challenging, you know, because there's just
3: yeah, my, man, my kids continue to teach me and show me things mm-hmm. every day, man. I'm so grateful for them.
4: Well, like yeah. you were saying, that's all you can do, man. Just support, just be there for them. Let them know they have an ear if they ever need to talk. Yeah. Money,
3: yeah. You know, and I just, I just ask him, tell me if I, if I say something in the wrong way, how, how am I supposed to say this? How am I supposed to go about that? Sure. Yeah. And I remember we actually had a laugh together in the grocery store when he was out here over the summer, both my sons were visiting and we're checking out at the grocery store. I'm wearing a tank top <laughs> and this is what I got.
4: Oh, on this shit! Harm. <laughs> oh shit.
3: <laughs> that's what he was for. Right. And yeah. I noticed him, I noticed him staring at him. I'm like, do you want me to cover this up at some point? <laughs> no, you this know you is can... you as a four, four-year-old little girl. <laughs> oh, you know what shit. you could
4: do is just make a Day of the Dead. If you get faces or whatnot, and like say you get like your ex-chick or something tattooed on you, Yeah, Day of the Dead. It's easy. Dude, it's I had an fit. old it's... manager
3: that had four different girls' names <laughs> on his chest, and every single one of them had a void stamp tattooed <laughs> over <laughs>
4: I may or may oh. not have a chick's name tattooed on my arm, <laughs> but you wouldn't know if I had never told you because I covered it up, so, you know. Yeah, because yeah. the,
2: the, the funny thing, Craig, I used to say, like, I'll, I'll never get, uh, you know, a woman's name tattooed on me, but but maybe my kids. Well, now that wouldn't have even been a good fucking idea. You no, because so I, like, got, I got
3: my kid right here <laughs> yeah. and the name right here, and neither of them are good anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Oh shit! <laughs> you gotta figure it out. That's right, dude. Roman numerals. That's what I do. Roman numeral birthdays. You're set because no matter what, that's the day they were born. So
2: yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah. So how's the relationship though now with the sobriety? How much is that really helping expand that relationship with your kids?
3: Oh, it's been, it's been absolutely amazing because I'm I'm present yeah. now. Yeah, for sure. You know, even even when me and their mom were still together and I was touring all the time, it was. I was, I was just, I had number one, had a problem and I was just selfish. Yeah. It was like, I would always tell people I'm living my life. Like it's click that Adam Sandler movie. Oh
4: yeah. Just an Except, instead of a remote, it's
3: just a bottle. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to be away from my kids for two months. I'm going to rinse, wash, repeat until I'm back home. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do my best to enjoy my time out here. But man, it was, it's tough being away from your kids. It's tough. Yeah. And there's so many healthier ways I could have gone about still being there for them calling, you know, maybe instead of being passed out on the road, waiting to get home, I could have made a phone call been there in that way, but that's not how I was thinking. And now I'm able to, I'm able to do that and they can spend more time with me at home and, and uh, I'm able to get on the phone with them, help them with their schoolwork if they want. We're going to try to get them out here since school's all on the laptops. Now Mm -hmm. Uh, they usually come out to me for the holiday. And now I don't have to wait for when the school tells me they have those two weeks <laughs> off, because mm-hmm. they can just bring their laptops out here. So it's like, all right, let's get you out here, have the whole whole month That's out killer. here, yeah, and we'll sure. do we'll do the schoolwork together, and then we'll get you back back to your moms when you're ready. Nice. So it's it's been great, man. That's badass, That's
4: Mikey. Cool. Time for some uh, rapid questions. Let's do this. We just like to have a little fun, shoot some random questions at you. You ready? I'm ready. All right. If they were to make a movie about you, who would you want to be the actor of you? Who would you want Johnny to play? Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Nice. Johnny Depp. Love Johnny. Hell yeah. Depp.
3: <laughs> Johnny Depp or if I want people to think I'm really cool, then Ryan Reynolds.
4: Right. I on. fucking love Ryan Reynolds. He is yeah, cool. Dude. He is cool. you oh,
3: are so quick with it. They'd be like, oh, "Man, yeah. that craig guy is cool." He's, he really
4: is quick.
2: I know is. Oh shit. Um Oh goodness! Uh, who's been your biggest inspiration or mentor in life?
3: My biggest inspiration or mentor, man. That is—that's a hard one. I know this is quick ones, but that's a toughie. That's ah, my right. kids. My kids have been the biggest inspiration. Yeah, nice. I'd say the the mentor has been the little positive voice in the back of my head mm-hmm. that I believe came there from my grandmother. <laughs> oh. No. Cause it's always a little Hispanic lady's voice telling <laughs> what's right and what not to do. So that'd be my, my mentor for life right there. That's, That's my awesome. Yoda.
4: I had the same Hispanic grandma too, dude. I feel you. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? Okay. If you can have dinner with anybody you want in this entire world, dead or alive, who would it be and why?
2: Ooh,
3: man.
4: I know, right? That is, <laughs>
3: that's tough. Dead or alive. Anybody,
4: man. You pick Elvis, Marilyn Monroe?
3: <laughs> Family Probably <memory>. Freddie Mercury. <sighs> would be great to sit down and have have I a fucking convo with. Yeah. Bohemian
4: yeah. Rhapsody, I still get teary at the very end during the Live Aid concert, man. When yep. the mom finally realizes how big of an impact he's made on the world and the crowd's going and everyone's just jamming out and he gets me emotional. Yeah. They
3: realize all of his differences didn't matter. It didn't
4: matter because look at the impact he's made positively on the world. It's just fucking incredible. I love it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You landed it well with two big queen fans. So love queen. Nice. Yeah. I still,
3: I still put them on. I I Every day I'd take a shower. Okay, Google, hold on. <laughs> oh, dude,
2: same. <laughs> same. Well, well, did you have any, as far as with your vocal styles and lyrics and stuff like that, did you have influences there or an amalgam of different so I, singers and bands?
3: I did at a very young age. My dad had, like, a huge record collection that I kind of snuck into and, and ACDC, Guns N' Roses, Queen, Journey. Yeah. Queen and Journey are, like, up there for me. Def Leppard, Motley Crue, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then I – um. I got really into Linkin Park was the first one because my dad was all over the place just like I am with music, man. Mm-hmm. He'd be he'd be jamming to ACDC one second, uh, Kid Rock the next second, and then singing along to the Backstreet Boys <laughs> the next second. In his Pontiac Firebird, <laughs>
4: right. like. with the T tops. <laughs> I was gonna with say, bro, same, but <laughs> you lost me on Backstreet Boys. My dad never got into that. It was like Eric Clapton yeah. Cat
2: on, on cassette tape. <laughs> oh like, What are you doing? Right. So. I'm assuming because he's in the military, he didn't have the mullet though. He didn't
3: have the mullet, but he had the the bleach tip flat top. Oh. Right on. Like To give you an idea of what my dad looks like, he looks like Dolph Lundgren in that Rocky movie.
2: Oh, shit. Uh, oh, if, he, yeah.
3: if he dies, he dies. Like that's, <laughs> that, that's my dad. Be- What's his name? Guy U from Street Fighter?
2: That's, sure. my, that's yeah. my dad. Right? Okay. Oh, yeah. fuck. That's funny. But I got
3: into Linkin Park. They were a mix of all that stuff, and yeah. and my dad was really into like hip-hop and things like that and rock, and sure. Linkin Park was a mix between that. And through them, I discovered bands like The Used mm-hmm. and Under Oath and got really into them, and then started discovering local bands in my area while I was trying to get in a band. Greeley Estates, Scary Kids Scaring Kids mm-hmm. were all playing shows around Arizona at the time. Um, and then before you knew it, I was at Warp Tour, and then just blew the lid off of it for me. You know, I was yeah. like, I got to do this. Yeah, this is what I got to do. This is where I belong.
2: That's badass. Who is up? Me or you? I can't. It's remember. Your turn. Oh, it's my turn. Uh, if you could have one superpower, what would it be?
3: Man, probably probably Superman, dude. <laughs> Which is weird because I'm not a fan of Superman like at all. There's other superheroes that I enjoy a lot more than Superman. But it's free. if you had to have a power, who's not going to pick? He's he's the all-powerful Superman. Like right. you can't He's the greatest superhero. So I would just
2: I'd want to be Superman. You can't beat me. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah. I'm a big superhero guy too, but I, I I'm not big on Superman. What are some of your favorites? Uh, i'm into iron
3: man and the hulk and batman yeah big if if we're going like dc um i like deadpool a lot uh but as far as like even when i was growing up and the comics x-men i always had like a soft spot for the x-men so i'm excited that they're going to get involved in the marvel movies hopefully in the next phase because yeah. I was always into them, dude. That that cartoon still has the dopest intro. Of <laughs> any intro ever. Like every morning I'd watch that. Oh, that's fucking awesome.
4: You're up, Mikey. All right. What are some of your pet peeves?
3: Pet peeves. Man, mouth breathers, which I am one. So maybe he that's just said why he doesn't fucking peeve.
2: like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was being a dick.
3: It's a pet peeve of mine because when I hear it, it reminds me that I do that. Like I can't tell you the amount of times I'll be in a movie theater. Remember those?
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah no right. Shit, right?
3: Watching, watching a movie and and they look over at me, dude. Are you sleeping? I'm like, no. Why? They're like, sounds like your story. Like, oh God. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry. Biggest pet peeve though that I can recall growing up. Is uh, eating cereal and chewing with your mouth open. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Pet Peeve as an adult on tour is my drummer's hair. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? what it, I it gets everywhere. It's like he's shedding. <laughs> it's everywhere. If we're sharing a room and re- working uh-huh. on an album and recording and I, I God forbid want to take a shower and
4: he has showered within the last day it's just, it's a rap, just like yeah like Chewbacca just showered in here. I thought you were talking about like his hairstyle or something. I was like, damn, that bad. Huh? No, literally,
2: <laughs> literally, physically his hair, it just ugh,
3: uh, get it away from me.
2: So my last long-term relationship, Craig, lady I always seen she would lose her hair a lot. The worst was when you go to like take a shower and you're going to wash and you realize that their hair that is shed has somehow found its way to your ass crack and you're pulling a long hair out of your ass crack. It was like, this is all so- oh, the worst is <laughs> like,
3: dude, if you know, your hair is like your hair is going to get everywhere. Please lather the bar of soap into either your hands oh. or something else and then wash yourself because nobody wants to pick up a hairy soap.
2: Yeah, <laughs> looks like fucking like, Chewbacca know, was in the shower. Yeah, you can't you
3: can't use the soap now, so that's when you just use shampoo as the all over soap. Like
4: water, bar soap's body. always kind of gross me. I'm a germaphobe, anyways, so like bar soap was always kind of. Ew. you know, unless I lived by myself, then a bar soap is fine, but yeah, like yeah. a community bar of soap, I just can't do it. I need some kind oh, of yeah, liquid dude. soap. Oh yeah, dude. When
3: I would like see it. bars of soaps in venue showers, yeah, dude. Oh, oh god. It's the grossest <laughs> thing ever. Like, oh.
4: You'd be more dirty using that. Yeah. <laughs>
3: just have a bottle. They have body wash in a liquid. Just use that. People can just, you know. Go yeah. to
4: Costco, buy a it 10-year did. warranty bottle size of body wash. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Uh, Just a bat of body wash.
4: You're up, Jason. So uh Craig, um
2: other than obviously you doing the gaming and music, uh any other interesting hobbies that you have? Um
3: eating steak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, Like, I've really gotten into that. Like, I go to different (laughs) steakhouses now, and I'm like, so tell me about this steak. Like, what's different from this steak (laughs) from steak that I had? Well, yeah, because you're kind of
2: on a a, a no grains, no sugar diet, right? Yeah, so it started out,
3: it's called the Whole30. Okay. And it started because my fiance wanted to do this diet, made me order the book on Amazon. And she's like, we're going to do this together, and then I did it. <laughs> <laughs> by myself, and it's like you gotta cut out like there no but even you can't cook with butter. Oh, um, I don't know. If not I'll olive oil, so I had to go out and buy like some avocado oil, and I did that for like ate like a squirrel what it felt like for thirty days, and then got more into the book, and I found out that steak was okay, just can't have like the seasonings and stuff like that on sure. it. So I just go to the restaurant, nothing, don't use olive oil, just the steak, man. That's it. Um, so finish that in 30 days. And then since then I haven't really cared about things like the seasoning or if you cooked it in olive oil, like I got through the 30 days. Now I'm kind of just going to stay with the no cheese, dairy bread shit mm-hmm. and see how I can get through the next 30 days and then slowly start introducing it again. Cause man, I've, this shirt feels like a blanket on me that yeah. I put on a day and yeah. it was like, Tight. <laughs> tight
4: a couple months back.
0: Avocado oh,
4: oil. I forgot about that shit. See, I was at an Airbnb. And they were had so many rules right when I walked in, which is a pet peeve of mine. If it's an Airbnb, uh, some rules I get, but this fool said, no cooking with oil, take your shoes off, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no cooking with oil, or but what the fuck else do I cook with? And I was, <laughs> yeah. but avocado oil. Okay. Duly noted. Yeah, avocado
3: oil. I couldn't really, I can't really tell the difference, to be honest with you. I, I didn't know. even think about pretty that. Good. I've
4: had it before, but I just, I didn't even think about that. But
3: yeah. yeah.
4: All right. Um, what is, let's see. I was going to ask what your favorite hobby is, but I think I got it, right? Gaming.
3: Yeah. Ga- gaming would be my favorite hobby, yeah. 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 And the hol- is. can the holidays be a hobby?
0: Sure. Yeah. What
3: it's is my your- favorite time of year, dude. It hits October, and from October to New Year's Day. I yeah. just love it.
2: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I'm thanks. Yeah, it was funny. I was talking with my my best friend earlier today, and he's saying his wife wanted to go straight from the Halloween decorations to Christmas, and it's like, no, no, no. I need that fucking break for Thanksgiving. Give me the give me my Thanksgiving first, and yeah. then we'll transition to Christmas. You know.
3: See, that's why I'm pushing this diet sixty days. Because man, Costco pecan pies every <laughs> year during Thanksgiving yeah. are the best fucking thing <laughs> ever. And I eat an entire one. Like I'll sit down and just eat one throughout right the day. On. I don't give a shit. Uh, so I'm, I'm getting ready for Thanksgiving. I'm losing it so I can get it back.
2: Hell yeah! <laughs> I hear that. Man. Thanksgiving that's... is my favorite
3: holiday, <laughs> but uh, that's another de- decorating for those holidays. I just removed our Halloween decorations, um, <laughs> and I'm giving it like two weeks before I put up the Christmas ones. Right. <laughs> yeah, but you... I get like Christmas vacation with it, dude. Like, nice, Chevy. Chase if I size. see the house next to me, like I put up lights here then they add something I gotta add something <laughs> 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 oh,
4: shit. I got a real Santa here fucker what are you gonna do about <laughs> <Yeah>. that I <laughs> <laughs> paying 20 bucks an hour <laughs> Yeah.
2: oh shit uh, Craig before we wrap it up any um, words for those that are uh, seeking recovery or have just entered it some words of encouragement that you uh, can leave them with or even someone that's a family member that's trying to help someone get into recovery
3: um, I think the most important thing that anybody needs to hear is you can do it Like you can do it and it sounds cliche and it sounds simple, but you can and nobody is going to be there to pull you out of it unless you're ready to be pulled out of it. Like you have to admit that you need the help and that's the first and biggest step and that's as easy as it is. You just, I have a problem. I need some help. That's all you got to do and then you just take the steps. You just got to get through the next 24 hours. It's all you got to get through, man. And you'll literally, you'll start feeling better within 48 hours. Yeah, You'll start forgetting how shitty you felt. And you just got to, you got to admit that you can't do it, man. That's just something you got to cut out of your life. Some of us are allergic to things like alcohol and drugs. We just, we can't do it. Yeah. It It, doesn't sit well with us.
2: Yeah. That's the irony of a, of a disease that our brain wants to bring in. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Yeah. Well, man, this has been really fucking cool. Really appreciate your time and, uh, you know, such transparency and sharing some cool stories as well.
3: Of course, yeah. appreciate you guys. Let's let's talk again anytime you guys want.
4: Hell yeah. yeah absolutely. It, man. Thanks for your time again, Craig. We appreciate you, brother. And keep up the good work,
0: huh? All uh, right, yeah. Thank you guys, man. And email me and we'll yeah. be in touch. The Knocking Doors Down book shares all the history and inspiration behind the Carlos Vieira Foundation and how it all started. All proceeds from the book benefit the Carlos Vieira Foundation's Race to Be Drug-Free campaign. So what's that all about? Through the Race to Be Drug-Free campaign, Carlos Vieira Foundation raises awareness about drug abuse, donates to drug-free programs, and brings drug-free speakers into schools to educate youth. The Race to Be Drug-Free campaign's main program is the Gloves Not Drugs boxing program. This program is completely free for kids between the ages of 8 and 17 to learn discipline, strength, respect, camaraderie, and the art of boxing and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. The program was created to keep kids off the streets, out of gangs, and away from drugs. For more info and to get involved, check out carlosvierafoundation.org.
2: Craig Mabbitt, an awesome dude. Thank you again for your time.
4: You know, he's really just, he has a good speaking voice. Yeah. He's really just soothing. Like the way he talks is just, he had a good voice for, obviously he's a singer, so he's got a great voice, but he's got a good voice for this too. We should bring him on.
2: Yeah. No, <laughs> uh, hopefully once this COVID stuff changes, we can get that kind of stuff going where we can have people coming in studio, going out and speaking at different, uh, maybe some local high schools and yeah. rehab facilities or wherever else to continue to encourage people and uh, really appreciate his time and his transparency. Looking forward to that new album from Escape the Fate. And of course, if you want more on Craig, go to the podcast description and you can get all the
4: links there. Yeah, he was, uh, like I said, it was just really soothing. And to be clear, to have him on, I mean, not just as a guest, but bring him in here. Let's talk to other people too. (laughs) It's really, really, really relaxing. (laughs) Uh, Again, thank you
2: to 5150LTM for uh, being a sponsor of Knocking Doors Down. Get all the gear that Mikey and I wear by clicking that link in the podcast description. They do have a big Black Friday sale coming up, and uh, you can shop online for that Black Friday sale. And, of course, Carlos Vieira's book, the uh, autobiography, Knockin' Doors Down, which spawned on this podcast, and all the other affiliated stuff that uh, his story started, of course, uh, the Carlos Vieira Foundation as well. So anything else you want to add, Mikey? Take advantage of those black friday sales
4: man christmas is right around the corner
2: this is all fact mm-hmm. all right on that note folks uh, keep knocking doors down
0: knocking knockin 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 doors down real people real stories real life real discussions of life struggles including addiction relationships finances and more, but even more importantly, living with them, overcoming them, and conquering them. Celebrities, experts, and everyday people talk about how they were able to break through whatever life handed them by knocking doors down. New podcast episodes are available every Thursday. Subscribe now on the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio app, or at
1: kddmediacompany.com. This podcast contains the views and opinions of the Knockin' Doors Down hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only, and because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and Opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors.